brothers. You don't know what they did. You don't know what they sacrificed. We have lost touch with the principles in the Constitution. Nobody's read the Declaration of Independence. You are voting for socialism, and you got what you voted for. Welcome, bold Americans, and Merry Christmas. You're listening here on Christmas Day, or maybe the day after, but we're recording this Christmas morning here with my good friend, John Gribberich. John, how are you doing this great Christmas morning? You know, Craig, I'm doing well, but you know, I find that the season also maybe doesn't allow me to always be my best self as, as well. <laughs> so I it's hear a, that. It's a, it's, a, it's a mixture. You know, leading <laughs> up to Christmas, uh, I have had to find myself trying to capture Christmas joy amongst the working job and responsibilities. And I miss the days where Christmas was magical. I mean, Christmas morning, still magical for me, walking downstairs and seeing my children look at the tree and look at the presents that are on the ground. But I'm missing some of that excitement and joy in my own heart. And I'm wondering, how, how are you as you're, we're the same age, like, how's that working out for you? Are you still able to find this Christmas joy on Christmas morning? Um, well, clearly not the way that I maybe had experienced in my younger days. You know, if I'm really honest, um, I always just find Christmas to be a very um, fragmented, busy time. It's, it's hard for me to kind of have that joy that maybe the way that you're talking about i mean i think the only time i can really think about that in a very clear way is when i was young you know coming down christmas morning opening up gifts and i've had you know instances of that over the years especially with uh, close family and friends but i would say over the last 10 years especially since i became a priest i think it's very hard for me to find um that type of joy. I mean, you you start to experience other things and start to appreciate other things that, that happen during this time of the season, uh, which are good things, but they're not that magical joy type thing that maybe you're talking about. So I, I will say I, I struggle with recapturing that or sensing that. All right. Well, as people may be in the same situation here as they're listening Christmas morning, maybe that's why they tuned in. You know, maybe they saw this and they were like, huh, America emboldened. Greg has put up a Christmas episode here. Uh, what's he going to talk about? I thought let, let's capture for people the spirit of Christmas from a faith perspective, as well as where that magical, mystical experience that we experience as a child goes. Uh, and how we can maybe recapture through service to others, uh, through a, a renewed perspective. So I'm going to ask you this then. As a priest, where do you find joy this Christmas morning? Where Where is the excitement if it's not under the tree through the mythical eyes of a child? Yeah, that's a great question, Greg. Um, I wish I could give you a quick answer. Um I don't think I have a quick answer. I think go that, for the long you know, answer. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> I think it, it's like to be revealed in a certain sense. The joy is to be revealed, like the anticipation that something unexpected uh, will happen over the course of the holiday time, over the course of Christmas. 
um, you're going to have just that chance conversation or that chance meeting with someone, and it's going to really uh, help you to recognize how great of a gift uh, life is. Um, I think that those are the things that I try to open my heart to, because uh, I don't, I can't say, oh, it's definitely going to be when I'm at church and I'm celebrating mass, or it's definitely going to be when they're singing the Christmas carols, or like it's none of that stuff really resonates with me. I think I just have to find myself to be open to realizing that at every moment, and particularly in Christmas time, there's going to be opportunities for conversations and encounters that just don't seem to happen other times of the year. And how open am I to those encounters to to basically be able to see, oh, wow, life is really a great gift. It's a great mystery as well. And perhaps these encounters are a way to kind of affirm that or make me go inwardly or outwardly to understand um, what it is I'm being called to do next. Because I think our lives are always ones that react to these encounters, um, I guess positively or negatively, but on a positive level, they always push us to kind of better uh, grasp what is our mission in life, so to speak, what's our vocation, what we're being called to do this day, not just like what we're called to do in our state of life, but like, you know, what are we really being drawn to do this day during Christmas 2023? You know, bringing together families from all across the world, right? Everybody's traveling via plane for, for today. Uh, people are with their loved ones gathering around. And then I'm always mindful too, that there's people that are not with their loved ones, that, that they're far distances. And for you, I'm mindful that you have new loved ones, right? Your, your new loved ones are the people and family that you've met out in California uh, and your kind of new friends and family out there. But I'm sure that, you know, you have aunts, uncles and people back here on the East Coast that you're away from. And so I think that it's mindful too, uh, good to practice that the experience that some individuals have where it's all family gathered around a tree that's not valid for a large portion of this country, that that becomes almost the fairy tale memory that people might hold on to from before. Um, how have you been able to reestablish relationships after moving across the country? So when there are holidays like this one, uh, you can still have a joyous and uh, a, a nice experience. Yeah, that's a great question, Greg. Um, uh, the short answer is uh, I'm still figuring it out. <laughs> uh, the the long answer is that, you know, um, I think my life has been particularly um, complex, if that's the right word, because when my mom died at such a young age, when I was only 15, uh, really ever since that time, I've felt my, I found myself um, with what I would call chosen families, uh, including yourself and your family. I mean, there's just been so many people who've meant so much to me over the years. And that's a great blessing. But where it becomes a little bit strenuous is because, uh, fortunately, I, I seem to gather a lot of those chosen families. And it doesn't mean that, that one's better than the other. It just means that somehow at this moment in time, uh, this is the, the group that I'm supposed to be somehow with. So I have to kind of um, be present to what seems to be in front of me and, and who's in front of me, uh, while also not neglecting the people who've really formed me. Because like the, 
all these different people have formed me so so um, so profoundly, and and to try to honor and respect those relationships can sometimes be um, difficult because you know physically at this stage in the game or geographically I'm stretched in a different way. So um, I don't know how many people have that particular experience, but I think a lot of people had the the experience of realizing that, you know, as you get older, you're not spending as much time with, let's just say your extended family and, and other relationships start to become very important. And that tension of like the holiday season uh, where you, you know, want to spend with people who are meaning something to you uh, right now, while also trying to honor uh, the people who brought you to this point thus far too. I think that's I think that's very difficult. Like I don't at least I struggle with it, and I'm just trying to figure out how to kind of balance all that. I mean, my one way of trying to do that is just realizing that well, I can't do see every single person I know on Christmas no matter what. So am I making intentional time to uh, carve out for people at other times of the year? Um, and that's the best I think I can do. You know. Yeah. Now, being in a church community, you have shut-ins, you have people that uh, you go and you visit or the church reaches out to? Well, I don't really do those types of things anymore. I mean, I, when I was assigned to the parish, I was more uh, involved in things like that. Um, I think I have like a different type of ministry now. Um, being in a school community, uh, you know, it's, it's important to spend time with my colleagues, with uh, the people that I'm teaching with. Uh, not just simply because we're just like, all hanging out and it's kind of like a party spirit, but but because I think it's important for us to uh, affirm the gifts within each other. And maybe that might be the way I look at Christmas anymore. It's like uh, rather than the importance of giving gifts, am I affirming the gifts that I see in other people, uh, the gifts of the, of their life that they are to me? and to students and to other colleagues. So that I may say is more of the emphasis of what I'm doing these days. Uh, and that seems to be maybe my Christmas um, practice, if you want to call it that. Like, how do I, how do I affirm the gifts of the people that I'm, that I'm very closely working with? Because uh, that, that helps all of us. It's a nice Christmas gift to be able to give people the affirmations um, it's also I, people don't get complimented enough in life. Right. And so we think about physical gifts that are given underneath the tree, but I, I think the, right. the mental gifts that we can give people uh, are often far more important than anything we can physically give the one another. So let me give you a, a mental gift right now, John, if, if you will, I have here sitting at my feet, something I'm going to hold up to the camera. That's going to trigger an emotional response from you. You ready for this? So when I think of John Gerbowich and I think of my friendship with you, one of my favorite memories was Gerbowich uh, Christmas parties, going up <laughs> and fixing food, uh, going, you know, your dad would be there and we'd all be hanging out and you get the luminaries. But I also remember one Christmas where you asked me to play music with you. And so I'm going to hold up this green binder 
Do you remember oh, the yeah. screen binder, John? I remember it very well. I didn't know they were still in existence. Wow, that's great. They're still in existence. Cedars and Christ, it's still, uh, <laughs> it's still there. Um, John, what's that make you feel when you, you see a binder of music? We used to go out and uh, sing Christmas music, play Christmas music, do luminaries at the home. What's, what's that invoke? What's that mentally, you know, what's that love? Well, I mean, as you know, Greg, uh, and, and you're the same way in this way, music has played such a tremendous part in our lives. And um, it is definitely one of those things that just um, seem to um, make all time uh, and space almost somehow either stop or all just come together. Uh, so the power of music from us playing, let's say, 20 some years ago, uh, to listening to music today or playing today, um, I think is a great way to kind of bring continuity to our to our experience of the season throughout our lives. So, I mean, like, it's kind of neat to think about that because um, music doesn't go away, you know, and um, it, it, it just continuously, uh, I don't know if, it, I know people will say it takes us back, and I understand what people mean when they say that because i would probably even say the same thing but i think in a, in a more profound way it just kind of reminds us of who we are and um you know ultimately um how much we've been just given such a tremendous gift of life and the ability to see the harmony uh, of of our lives uh caught up in the very tangible thing of of listening or playing a song yeah. Well, I, I just, I love those days, like thinking back, you know, 20 plus years ago. And, and unfortunately yeah. it was 20 plus years ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh God. I feel like an old man. It's acknowledging that at this point in time, it is, um, so strange. Yeah. It is. I mean, we're going to be coming up on 30 pretty soon. So <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I know it's crazy. I mean, like I was just sat with teachers last evening and I was like, and there's all these new teachers and I'm like, Oh my God, they were born after we graduate from from high school. High school, like, yeah. How is that even possible? <laughs> you know, and then I'm thinking like, well, geez, you know, when, when I first started teaching, I was hanging out with people like my age now. And like, you know, so like there's just that passing of the torch, so to speak. Uh, I'm teaching uh, kids that were, I'm teaching kids that were born around when I was married. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So now I'm like, yeah. they could all be my children in a way. Like, you know, like they're, I'm all <laughs> of that age. Yeah. I can easily be their parent. Uh, totally. the, you know, totally. parents come in that are like 10, 12 years younger than me. And I'm like, Oh, <laughs> <What's> <laughs> going on? am I the old dad? <laughs> yeah. What is going on? It's crazy. I mean, it's just, it's just what it is though. I mean, it's, it's, but it is something hard. It's hard to really grasp. I mean, how time and just age, I mean, it's just so overwhelming i mean like i just feel like time just goes by so darn fast anymore i can't seem to kind of you know even like this interview got me all kind of anxious thinking how am i getting everything done this morning <laughs> you know it's just like what's going on there with that i mean i just wish that there was but i think like you said like when you have moments of of music it's it's like a certain way that time just stops and um and, and all becomes one What's your favorite uh, song this time of year? Hmm, that's a great question. Um, well, you know, I, I still really like a good version of Oh Holy Night. 
like in a very kind of traditional sense, if I want to think of a a religious song. Um, I have to say I, I'm a big fan of just the uh, early 1960s kind of um, crooner pop records of like Nat King Cole, uh, Johnny Mathis. So, I mean, like when I hear those records, I think immediately of my my mom particularly. Um, so, like that's just the music of Christmas time for me growing up. And so I, I, I definitely still like to hear those again uh, because it just kind of reminds me uh, where I've come from and also who I am. I love it. Well, John, I, I, I wish you a joyous rest of your Christmas day. Um, I'm going to ask you something I've never asked you to do on this show before. And if you're not comfortable with it, you don't have to, but I'm, I, I think you will be. You know, I don't do a religious show. You want to offer a Christmas blessing or Christmas prayer to the audience? Because I think that would be kind of a nice way to wrap up if you're up for it. Sure. That's totally fine. You know, I, I really do believe that um, what Christmas ultimately could mean for anyone from any different background or tradition or anything is just the openness to um, realizing that things are more than what they appear to be. So in the Christian tradition, we have that in lots of different ways. Um, and during Christmas time, we look at a, a baby, but we say, well, this child is more than just any child. This child actually is God's unique presence in the world. And uh, whether one sense that particular thing or not, I think is kind of secondary to just the spirit of the season of looking at the world with a new um pair of eyes and looking at the person next to you that they're more than what you think that they are and that the situations in our world are more complex than they really are because there's so many people involved in situations who are carrying their wounds and are broken and and just dealing with things and trying the best they can with what they got so i think in that spirit i'll just offer a blessing for all of us so we just um, take a moment to reflect upon this time of the season, this time of the year, where there are many people who, from different tra faith traditions, are able to say yes to the mystery of life. And we just ask that all of us may be open to that mystery and be able to see in each person that we meet that they are a gift to us and the things that they upset us or bother us or offend us are just simply a way that a person is trying to deal with what they have. May we be more compassionate and understanding. May we especially try our best to open our hearts, to be more loving, to accept the fact that our lives are a gift and our lives are meant to be a gift to others. Help us this day to be more aware of that profound reality. We make this our prayer, and we make this our source of blessing for the world. Amen. Amen. Well, John, as always, it's a pleasure to have you join on. I hope that uh, all of you have taken something from this conversation today, whether you listen to it on Christmas or listen to it Christmas week, um, and you were fed in some way, shape, or form. I know I was there at the very end uh, with those words. It's a 
a good thing to think about. So thanks for joining me, John. Hey, thanks so much, Craig. All right, bold Americans. Merry Christmas and have a great rest of your week and a happy new year. You've been listening to America emboldened with Greg Bolden and my guest, John Gerbich. Be bold, America. Thank you.